Hello and welcome to the OmniTalk Fast Five podcast sponsored by Takeoff and the AM Consumer and Retail Group. Today is January 14th, 2021. I am your host, Chris Walton, and I am joined as always by the just back from vacation and Mazinga and the woman who needs no introduction, Peggy Lord's favorite teaching assistant for the spring semester, Emma the intern. How are you guys doing? Awesome. I love doing that read every week. It's so it's like my favorite part of the whole show. Especially like I just found out literally like two minutes ago that Siegfried of Siegfried and Roy died. I'm like so depressed. But anyway, I got big news, guys. Big, big news. And did you by any chance catch our new introduction today? Oh, did I ever? We have a new sponsor, Chris, for 2021. And it's going we to did. be better than ever. We do, we do, we do. AM consumer. And Retail Group, I am so pumped. They've been huge fans of our work for such a long time. All the folks there, Kristen, David, Shiv, Chad, the whole team, they have just been awesome. Uh, I've worked with them in the past, back some of my days back in retail over the past you know, 20 years. Um, always have had high esteem for them. Huge validation for our work. I'm super excited, through the moon. Um, I think we've got some cool things planned, some of which you're going to see today for the first time, too, in terms of like kind of jazzing up, you know, what the sponsorship is and what that means for us and how we're going to incorporate it. So, and how are you feeling about it all? Well, welcome to the OmniTalk family. And we hope that you, right. lo- you love the dysfunction as much as we do. And I'm sure it'll be great. Yeah. It's once you're be- part of the OmniTalk family, right? Emma, you can never leave, right? Of course. <laughs> Make you, there's yeah. Tattoos are involved. I mean, it's crazy. You, you never know. Your, your knowledge of old video references will just expand and you never know where, what trivia session at what bar those could become in handy someday. Right. That's true. It's going to grow exponentially. And like, you know, kind of every, every Thursday when we do this, it's kind of like a family dinner conversation. And speaking of that, I have some other big news. This, this one's huge. This one is big too. I think maybe not as big, but just as big. I am getting a dog this weekend. I'm Uh, here to announce that I'm getting a dog. Do you guys want to know the name? It's a Bernie Doodle, by the way. A Bernie Doodle. That's right. What's the name, Chris? We're naming it Ginsburg. Oh, that's after an an homage. After an homage. Okay. And tell tell us tell us how you came to this. You just you love Ruth and her sweet sweet disposition so much that you're hoping that the dog also has that same. Well, you know, my wife. My wife's a huge fan. Okay. Huge fan. I mean, who isn't RBG, right? And she's like, you know, I would name the kid, name it Ruth. And, I, and she, I would, she's like, I would name it Ginsburg. And then all of a sudden I was like, that's an awesome name. I think that's great. And so, yeah, it's stuck. And so we get the dog on Saturday. My life will change irrevocably forever. I'm still coming to grips with this. Uh, for those that know, I haven't been the biggest dog fan out there for my entire life. But hey, and I'm coming on record saying it, but I think it's good. I think this dog's going to change my perspective. But I'm pretty pumped about my other name for this dog, Emma. I think you're going to like this one a lot, Emma the intern. I'm also calling it Darth Bader. Oh my God. I can already awesome, picture, I can already awesome picture Chris. Coming outside, it's 6 a.m. He has to let the dog out because it's been barking for the last hour. Chris in his like flannel pajama pants and old ratty like Stanford t-shirt. Bader, Darth Bader, I am your father. Don't yeah, the neighbor's lawn. 
By the way, flannel pajama pants. Come on, you know I'm 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 rocking those mess basketball shorts when I'm going to bed. I know, <laughs> I know you are, but it's cold me. outside. Okay, maybe met met maybe like the bas- <laughs> the tearaway basketball pants and a Stanford oh, T-shirt. Yeah, you see my white blue striped Adidas basketball oh, pants. God. Of course, oh. <laughs> those are amazing. But anyway, enough about me. This is going to be a fun show. It's the second week of the year. We're starting to see the retail headlines come back. There's a lot of stories that didn't even make the headlines this week. Like some people were emailing me saying, hey, let's talk about Ikea's new small format. Eh, sorry. Love you, Chris. Other Chris didn't make didn't make the list. Target had huge results. That didn't make a list. Although a lot of my friends and I are taking side bets on how long Cornell sticks around. Over and under right now is on March 2021. We'll see what happens on that betting line. But hey, this show really, it's all about the biggest of the big guys. They're going to dominate today's show. We've got a new feature, which we're calling "Put Us the Put Us on Our Spot headline by way of our new sponsor with AM. We've got a ton of news from Walmart and especially on two stories that couldn't be more opposite. And that is on fintech and coolers. Yes, fintech and coolers. Those are the two things from Walmart this week. And of course, the latest Amazon news. And are you ready to kick us off? Oh, I'm ready. You guys ready? I'm Let's ready. Are you it. ready? I want to make sure we're ready. <laughs> God. All right, you guys. So Dunhumby, which is one of my favorite company names to ever say, they released their retailer preference index this past week, ranking leading grocers. Now, this reflected overall this like crazy disruption in what they're calling food retailing uh, because of this massive change in how and where customers shop for food. But the most notable change in this index, wait for it, Amazon was named the most preferred grocery retailer of all 56 grocers that were evaluated in this study. I think Emma, Emma, the answer, I think we need to start doing a tally of how often answers wait for it in, in these reads on, <laughs> uh, 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 each week in the Fast Five. Yeah, what do you think of that, Anne? I mean, that's kind of crazy. And by the way, I lo- I am kind of annoyed at any company like Dunhubby that uh, insists on having their name spelled with a lowercase d. That's just annoying <laughs> as hell when I'm reading your articles and trying to oh, read them. I think anyway, it's cute. What, what, do you think it's cute? <laughs> like Darth Vader? Uh, what, what, do you, what, do you, what do you guys think? I mean, was this a surprise for you that it jumped to the list? I mean, yeah, I'm kind of surprised. I think that there's still some questions. The skeptic in me is like, okay, so is this because they were the only place you could get groceries for a considerable amount of time throughout the last year? Um, What is all playing into this? I think the other headline, too, that was um, announced this week is that Amazon Pantry is shutting down. So, you know, that was for me, like I'm still shocked that that was in existence as long as it was. It was like one of the most right. friction filled experiences that I think Amazon had out there. Do you remember, super do you remember confusing. Th- so I think that as you, you know, as we start to get into this year, Amazon announced two more fresh stores. This is not going to change. I think this is just the start of many years to come where Amazon is going to be the on top of this list going forward. And I'm I'm concerned for the regionals, quite honestly, because it's just going to get more and more simple to do. And it's, yeah, it's a wake up call, guys. Sorry. So, so you don't think it's a pandemic thing? You're, that's interesting. Yeah. Like they're already at the top of the list and they're, they never leave in the top of the mountain. Do you remember, I, I do you remember the, I think it was the first or second video we shot where we did an Amazon pantry? Like, yes three, four minute video. And we showed how dumb the idea was, right? Like, yeah. And now it's coming to fruition. Like, as we said, like 
But I, I, Emma, I, that, I, I'll never forget that experience sitting at your kitchen table. But anyway, Emma, do you, what do you think? Like, are you with Anne on this or like, what are you thinking here? I definitely was kind of surprised that Amazon has gone up like so far and especially for food shopping. But I'm also with Anne. I mean, they're just rolling and rolling out with all of these things. And I think that they are actually going to kind of dominate this industry. Yeah, I think I'm with you guys. I mean, I think it's I think that report is hugely telling. And the irony of the pantry announcement the same week, I think, is is really cool, too, in the sense of like they weren't afraid to experiment. They learned things. The idea made no sense, which is, you know, they were solving the the economics of shipping. That's what it is. And half those subscription companies that are out there, if not 80 percent of them are doing the same thing that have no real intrinsic value. And now I think you're seeing that finally start to come to light. But, yeah, I mean, they they're needed during the pandemic. They're getting better at grocery delivery. They're getting better at pickup at Whole Foods. They're getting better at Whole Foods. And now they're going into more stores. I think what they announced this week too, they're going to open up, I think a couple more stores, Amazon fresh stores in Seattle. Um, So yeah, it's the same. You're right. That point about they're not going to stop. I hadn't thought about this is like, okay, let me see this for the next 20 years, I guess. Um, The other part that was interesting to me in the Dunhobby thing was, did you guys catch two? Target was in the top quartile for the first time. What do you think about that one? I mean, that's pandemic to me, right? Like, do you guys think that's pandemic? And I think it's one-stop shop. I mean, it's, it's, shop, right? it's just looking at the one-stop shop for the last year. Now, Target's working on expanding their grocery offerings as well. But I think that, you know, for me, the big standout was this is going to, Amazon's going to start taking this list at the top. I think Walmart will be, you know, very close behind and then HEB and some of the other like, you know, successful larger grocers. Um, but I think it's going to come down to what we talked about before and what Emma said about the Amazon fresh stores. Like her generation is looking for convenience, yeah. especially in the grocery category. It's not going to be about these like super high end, you know, butcher shop, cheese shop, local grocery situations. It's how do I get this in and out? How many varieties of offerings are you giving me for delivery and pickup and all these other things? And I Amazon's best position to do that. Yeah, that's a great point too. I think one of the things I hadn't thought about prior to this conversation, again, why I love doing the show is like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's probably the, the target results are probably a part of the pandemic, but they've got people using it to your point. Mm-hmm. Like people are actually doing it more than they ever were before. And no one was ever happy with target grocery before. And it is because of the convenience. Like if you can make it easy, provide good value, people will overlook things, which makes me think. And part of the reason why we think, you know, like I was making the joke about Cornell before, like maybe next year is the time they like get some kind of partnership going in the grocery space and try to, you know, increase the brand and the reputation around, you know, what they're doing there. Because otherwise you're just going to fall off kind of back to, Hey, do I really want to go to target for my groceries? Which is what people always used to say, especially when you've got, you know, Amazon seemingly coming on incredibly strong. All right. Well, I got the second story and like I was teasing in the headlines, this one's fun. So we're going to do a new thing every week, courtesy of our new partner, AM Retail and Consumer Group. We're going to do a, give us a surprise topic. They're going to put us on the spot with one of the headlines that they've picked. And this week, the headline that they've picked is that Lululemon has hired a new head merchant from Nike. According to Retail Dive, Bianca Gonzalez will join Lululemon from Nike, where she spent nearly 20 years mostly in merchandising and just general management roles. At Lululemon, she will lead global merchandising strategy for both the men's and women's product categories. All right, so the question from A&M to you guys. Should Lululemon, which traditionally has been a women's first brand, hire a merchant 
from what has traditionally been a men's first brand to drive success. Keep in mind, Nike considerably overshares in men's products. Or does that question even matter? Is it irrelevant? Because it says more about the changing athletic apparel landscape in that it's no longer simply about growing a men's or women's business. It's more about the battlefield around membership services and brand buildings, especially as Lululemon looks to the next year post its acquisition of Mirror. And why don't you start? I know you have a lot of feelings on this subject. Lululemon is quite possibly your favorite retailer out there. Uh, yes, Lululemon is going to be high on my list of companies to be watching for the next year. Now, for, to answer this question, I think what AM is suggesting or presenting here is very similar to what we saw in a lot of the reporting on this hire in that the focus is on Lululemon trying to increase, they're getting into the footwear space, they're trying to increase men's, they're trying to get outside of the, you know, yoga category and really into training and other categories. Again, men's um, being a big part of that. But this is not, this hire is not about the, the products on the shelves in the store. It is not about that. It is about building this brand as a lifestyle. It's not about the, the shoes or the yoga pants or whatever. It's about building this beyond and really, I think, helping Lululemon become the next Nike and, and all of the extensions of that, you know, the Nike Fit Club. The, one other thing about this, too, is that, I you know, this didn't get as much press this week because she didn't come directly from Nike. But last week, uh, Lululemon also hired their very first chief brand officer, Nikki Newberger, and she was formerly of of Uber Eats. She came directly from Uber Eats. But prior to that, she was in charge of Nike Run Club. She was in charge of all the innovation that they were doing in community digital innovation. Like she was on top of that and really led that effort. And then you have Blanca coming in here now who led the efforts behind the, like the Watts neighborhood shop in LA. Like all of these pieces are coming together to create this foundational ecosystem to really build Nike as a lifestyle. And so I would say doesn't matter what, you know, men's women's, like, it's not about that. It's about the lifestyle. Is it about that at all? Is it about that at all? Is it about the men's expansion at all? Or is it solely about brand building, if you had to guess? Well, I guess I'd say a little bit of both. I'm sure it helps that yeah. she's got experience for men, the men's category. Like Lululemon's been trying to build men's for the last, you know, three plus years. But I I think that all of that comes once you start to create this, this lifestyle brand and yeah, that's an interesting question too, because I know, I know, even you know, as we've been talking in the past too, like, yeah, Nike might overshare in men's, but women still, it's still a very reputable brand, you know, for the women that are shopping there. Like, like it's still a great product in both respects. So I think the question there to me also becomes, you know, do, can, does Lululemon have a right to win in the men's space to a similar degree that Nike has had the ability to win in the women's space with its brand, even though it's still overshares? Emma, how do you think about all the dynamics here at play? I totally agree with everything Anne said. My first line was going to be men's, women's, who cares? But she covered really? that okay. for me. Yeah, I think she's an incredible hire in merchandising for Lululemon. She sounds like a like phenomenal leader. So I think it doesn't really come down to, like you said, the products on the shelves. I think she's going to be able to help really drive the lifestyle of the Lululemon brand the way that Nike is. Yeah, I mean, you guys know I'm all in on this too. I mean, I think, when, when did I, when they did the mirror acquisition, what was that, like, 
towards the spring, summer of this past year. And I think I went on record right then and said, this is the move to become like Nike. And I named, I think in 2019, I named them retailer of the year and said the same thing. So yeah, for me, this is all about the lifestyle brand. And then, and then I also think like, for sure they have the right to win in the men's category. And if they can get that expertise, hundred percent, that makes sense. I mean, the one thing I've noticed as I've gotten older, and I think this trend is starting to happen too, is that sports just aren't as important anymore. There's just so many more things you can do with your time. And so to think Nike's going to have that hold on kind of everything in and around that in terms of how we dress, what we wear, what we do, I think it's, it's right for the taking to some degree, but and last word. I was just going to say one other kind of outlying thing that I'm, I'm curious to watch having two former Nike executives join your team is what Lululemon starts to explore with resale because Nike has been in the resale market for quite a long time. Lululemon doesn't have a resale, any, any resale component to their business yet either. And so I'm curious when they start to bring in this Nike community, they start to bring in more digital tools. Will Lululemon start to try to own or take share of the resale capability that they have? I mean, it's one of the best, easiest uh, selling things when you look at the secondary markets like Poshmark and thing. I mean, you could say mm-hmm. Lululemon anything and you're getting at least half price for what you paid um, for those products. So I think that could be an interesting thing as you look at sneakers and and uh, resale and, and going into this market. You're allowing the resale by way of the brand and the cachet, right? Like mm-hmm. that premium kind of position that they have with the sneaker drops and things like that. You're right. Lululemon could probably do something cool like that, like the ultra plush or, you know, something, something, shna- something really schnazzy. The other thing it calls to mind for me, which we won't cover is it like, sounds a lot like the argument I was making with Peloton a few weeks ago, oh, but God. we're not going to do that. What that was all about. All right, Emma, why don't you take us to story number three? Thank God. Okay. <laughs> so Walmart has announced on Monday that it's launching a fintech startup in partnership with Ribbit Capital, which is a venture capital firm, who's also a backer of Robinhood, Credit Karma, (laughs) thank you, and Affirm. So this new fintech company, which is going to be majority owned by Walmart, according to Yahoo Finance, aims to develop and offer modern, innovative, and affordable financial solutions targeting Walmart's customers and employees. So I think if anyone can make this happen and be successful, it's going to be Walmart. And my first thought was kind of, you know, how sustainable is this business model if you're only targeting Walmart customers and employees? But then again, in this article, they cite that 265 million people go to a Walmart store each week. So if they can actually get people using these services, I think that this is actually going to be really a game changer. Ribbit. I had it oh one more time. I don't know. Ann, what do you think? I'm Were not, you, I'm did not you start on this? Did you start blushing a little bit when your man crush was in the news this week? That's what I thought. That's what <laughs> murder got thing. listed in the story. I totally did. Which actually, which actually I am, I'm actually pretty like, I'm kind of, I, I'm definitely, if you read the meter, I'm on the negative side of this story. And then I saw his name pop up that he's like heavily involved. Yeah. Supposedly. Yeah. And I was like, okay, maybe this is sort of maybe cool. I should I give this a second why. thought. Yeah, no, I did. But, but yeah, that's great. Well, why? Why are you negative? Oh, so why are you negative on this? I don't think this sounds any, on the surface, I don't think this sounds any different than some of the other like, quote unquote, store number eight initiatives that yep. were out there before. They're just not putting it under that banner. It's like, we're going to do startups. And it just happens to be that this startup startups in the fintech space. Now they're aligning themselves with somebody that apparently has a lot of credit in this space. 
But I think you get into a lot of really tough areas when you start to try to do this. And we haven't, I can't actually think of any, especially retail companies that have been successful in this manner. You get, you know, you get hamstrung by the court. You're going to have startups in Walmart. They're going to get hamstrung by the culture. Then I think you have difficulty selling to other customers because it's like, why would I want to use your payment service or thing, you know, when it's you, Walmart? Like, why would I want to do that? Why would I want to help make you successful? Right. And Walmart. It's even a bigger behemoth in a lot of ways in the retail space than say like an Amazon is in some regards. And so I think you, you get into all these like kind of weird situations, the incentives get perverse to like, okay, I'm working for a startup, but the startup's owned by Walmart. Like how am I compensated? Am I going to get the upside that I traditionally get when I'm in a startup, you know, the risk reward ratios, those are all the things that complicate everything that I think make this really hard. So I think if they really think there's opportunities in the FinTech space you know, to make up like a platform play move that they can sell to other people, the technology, like what are those areas where they think it is and maybe go find those companies, buy them up, let them operate on their own and stay the hell out of their way. Because if Ribbit's as good as what they say they are, they should be able to identify those companies and help Walmart, you know, get into them to a certain degree. And, and, and maybe that's really what's here. We just don't know. There's not a lot to this story. But on the surface, this just smells to me like a horse of a different color. And I saw you shaking your head. You kind of thinking what I'm thinking? Yeah. I mean, I think Other that John just, Turner's doing it and he's awesome. Yeah. Just to play devil's advocate though here, I think yeah. that, you know, what every every startup, especially retail technology startup, like how fantastic is it that you start your MVP trials with a company like Walmart, like Emma said, I mean, that's a hell of a lot of people to be able to experiment with. And it's America's store. Like you are not talking about doing this experimentation in San Francisco or in New York. You're talking about doing it with the real people, many customers of, of Walmarts who are already using their other services, like installment financing, money transfers, like all these other check cashing credit cards. Like this is a real live test like space that I think Walmart offers the the startups um, and and hopefully could be just like a playground to start experimenting with that. I, I don't yeah, know. I, I mean, I, I don't know. I hear that. But like, I hear that. But at the same time, I'm like, you can make that argument that the same is true of any company you start with. You get that experience. And quite frankly, a lot of the companies, I hope Walmart hears this too, because I think it's important. A lot of the startups I talk to that have gone to Walmart first I talk to their founders and their leaders that one of the first things they always say to me is, I wish I'd never gone to Walmart for a reason because I end up building it for Walmart and all that they have to do. And it just ties me down to thinking broadly in terms of what I need to do to meet the market. And the market may not in fact be Walmart. And then once you're in with Walmart, that changes the whole dynamics. So I don't know. What do you think? I mean, I guess it's it's just a, a a case of where do you go? Do you scale fast and learn or do you start small and incrementally add things and what's the best move? And I, I guess, you know, for me, not having a, a deep financial background, I'm not sure what the right approach is there. But I, I just think in a retail setting, I think that this is definitely a space that we're seeing heat up, especially, you know, with the increases in things like Venmo um, and check cashing through that platform and all kinds of things. I think it's smart yeah. for Walmart to get invested in this. I just, you know, I guess we'll see what, what plays out here. Well, good job with Walmart PR too. Like a firm had their announcement, their public offering, right. And they doubled the expectation of that. So like the timing's right. NRF's there. This one just feels a little sizzly to me, like Carter, <laughs> old Carter Jetson used to say on the PR side. 
All right, let's move to story number four. I love story number four. Uh, I'm going to quote one of my favorite quotes of all time is P.T. Barnum used to say, there's a sucker born every minute. Because this week, another airport retailer, this time Hudson, announced that it plans to license, license Amazon's Just Walk Out technology platform. According to Chain Storage, Hudson, which I didn't know this. I don't know if you guys knew this either. Hudson has more than 1,000 stores across North America. And that's not just in airports. Like, I mean, you probably know this from being, you know, living out in Jersey, but like, you know, it's transit centers, you know, rail station hubs, things like that. Now they're going to implement the first one of these in Dallas Fort Worth airport. Now it looks like it's like kind of a small, like standalone operation, but it's self-contained and the way you get into it, you scan your credit card, take what you want off the shelf and you walk out. You don't have to download an app and get this. They're calling it non-stop, which for me, I just want to say, okay, why don't you just, just stop, just stop, just stop with the name non-stop. Seriously. Really? That's what we're calling this. All right. Emma, what do you think? You using this, you buying this, like you're probably loving this as an airport travel goer in 2024, whenever we all fly again, what do you think? I love this. I mean, I flew all over the place last year. Well, not 2020, 2019 and all throughout college going back and forth. I think this is awesome. There's nothing more annoying. You have your suitcase and your backpack and you have to get your wallet out to swipe it at the register. It's just so easy, especially when you're kind of just in that hectic mindset of being in an airport. Yeah. And what do you think? Well, as someone who was just in a Hudson News last weekend, I can tell That's you right. that, that from a safety perspective, this is a much better solution. There is no reason that you need a human being to be operating those stations at all. Like everything has a barcode on it. Everything is in in each is like, it's a perfect use case for this technology. I'm actually just waiting and, you know, Amazon's buying planes now. So I'm just waiting for like Amazon to be, you know, my flight carrier to own the airport, to own all the snacks that I get in the airport. That's, I mean, this is just going to snowball. It's crazy. That's a great point too. I thought about that. I don't think we've talked about that in past conversations. There's probably like increases in basket size just waiting here, right? When you do these experiences in the airport, like you never know how much time you have before your flight. You could have a line waiting for you. It's not a fast process. I've left plenty of times. I'm sure many people do. So yeah, like you get this working. There's probably an increase in the revenue side here too. But yeah, I just, I continue to laugh at how we are literally watching you know, 1999, 2001, 2002 play out again in retail where all these retailers are like, oh, let me use this. And then, okay, 10, 15 years from now, who's who has control over all of these things throughout the world? It's Amazon. Great job, Hudson. And oh, by the way, if you remember OTG, who just opened their store in Newark last month as well. All right, and let's bring this baby home. Story number five. All right, we're going to get you guys out of here with some serious grocery innovation. So Walmart has announced that they will be starting a grocery delivery pilot this spring using smart coolers in and around the Bentonville area. They partnered with Home Valet, which is the maker of these smart coolers, which are compartmentalized and can run three separate temperature settings and will allow Walmart in the future to do 24-7 grocery delivery. Uh, In the words of Alexis Rose, I love this move for Walmart. And... If there's anything better than Mark Laurie hand delivering my groceries inside my house and unlocking my doors in Sam dead. Walton's old <laughs> truck, uh, it would be this cooler. Um, have you guys seen this thing? Did you guys look at the video? Because I did. And I was 
a little bit skeptical at first, but after seeing the video, I'm like, dang, this thing is cool. Is it and you can, yeah, it can have like the compartments. So think of it as like a giant Yeti cooler and it can Sweet. be designed and customized like they show in the photo to like match the exterior of your modern farmhouse home. Uh, it's very Chip and Joe of, uh, well, I guess that's Target, not Walmart. But anyway, you can take this cooler. The delivery people like can show up. They open it with a smartphone you can open it with your smartphone application. You can set the, the heating and cooling settings and it can break it up into three compartments. So this is some real jets and stuff we're talking about right now. One of the compartments can heat to 74 degrees so it can start to preheat meals. So if you have meals dropped off, you can turn that compartment on and it can heat and still keep the two other things cold, like a freezer section and a fridge section while one is heating. It's like a McDLT on your porch. I mean, it is crazy. I it is, is that crazy. what that was called? I think. Of, did you just drop Shit's Creek? By the way, did you just drop a Shit's Creek? I totally Creek did. Wow, Obviously. that's impressive. So you're loving this. You 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 watched. You were like, eh, maybe, and then you watched the video, and you're like, this is this is awesome. Like, I I'm I got to get one of these for for Shay OmniTalk. Yeah, right. Uh, not probably not going to happen soon. We still don't know how much these are and how much Walmart will be helping contribute to the cost of these for Ooh, customers. I have, I have some but, ideas about that, though. Yeah, go for, for it. sure. But I think that I always get criticized for being down on things, which I definitely was when I first read this. And uh, listener Brian Granquist and I were texting back and forth about uh, our skepticism of the original idea. But I think that when you start to look at Walmart plus offering free grocery delivery, my biggest thing was like, it doesn't seem very big. So like, what's going to happen if you like, you can't do a whole grocery trip for the week and deliver it here. But if Walmart's giving you free grocery delivery with prime, like you could order every single day and just have your food arrive every single day if you wanted to. And Walmart can deliver it when they want to. And right. not when you ask for it, which is a big difference. Emma, what about you? Are you are you thinking look, the cooler's yeah. cool? Does the cool stay cool and the cool. hot stay hot with you? What's going on? Yeah. I think it's definitely cool. I mean, I'll probably be living in an apartment for the foreseeable future. So like this isn't something I can utilize. And like I think lots of urban people who live in apartments can't utilize something like this. But like if this were at my parents' house, yet. that'd be awesome. Yeah. You, so yeah, you're liking this. Okay. I love this too. Oh my God. We're unanimously in love with Walmart's cooler idea. Yeah. Well, and in fairness, we've, we've talked, I think we've talked and written about this idea before. And I think there was a, uh, they're using a different company, company DinoSafe that we talked about in the past that was doing something similar to this. I think it's a, it's an awesome idea. Look at the, I mean, look at the benefits, right? Like you get to, from a Walmart perspective, you can save on your delivery costs because you can kind of batch your orders in a certain way and deliver them at a certain time, non-rush hour times. You don't have to think about that. You can also, the products can stay hopefully in temp by way of these coolers for a longer period of time to you. That stuff matters. So you've got less spoilers, less issues there. And from a consumer perspective, it's great because you don't necessarily have to think about when you have to be home. You don't have to worry about all those same considerations. Uh, I I love it. And the other part about this that, that you guys didn't bring up that I think is really cool. And you kind of touched on it. Like, what if this becomes like a add on with Walmart plus or mm-hmm. a gift with purchase of Walmart plus? Like, why wouldn't you do that? Like these things can't be that expensive. Sign up for Walmart plus. Oh, by the way, we'll come and install this for you. And boom, done. You're ready to go. That would be freaking awesome in 2021. And again, way, way cooler. And delivery to the fridge by way of Mark Lori's truck. Yes. The other thing that's cool around this story to me is um, 
Albertsons had a cool announcements around like automated temp controlled pickup stations uh, last week, which I think dovetails with this too, which is, again, it's just, there's all these collection points that can be made in front of the store, on our porches, in key spots around our local communities that defray the last mile costs for, for the retailers, but also make the consumer experience better too when you start to think about it. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up that Albertsons example. I was thinking of that too, Chris, when Emma mentioned that, you know, she lives in an apartment building and how does this work? But you start to look at the footprint of that Albertsons kiosk, 120 orders, 120 orders that can hold in those temperature controlled kiosks takes 50 seconds for people to get their groceries instead of the, you know, minutes and tens of minutes that we're waiting for curbside pickup. And you start to think about the footprints that that could fit in. That kiosk could be in a condo building on the main floor, in an apartment building. Like there's so much flexibility that we're going to see as these types of innovations in grocery continue to expand. And that's what I think is really cool about both these stories this week. Yeah. And big news. We just got confirmation that we're going to be interviewing Chris Rupp from Albertsons, chief customer officer, and hopefully we'll get to ask her about some of these types of things. And yeah, I think when you look at that world too, in terms of how it combines with micro fulfillment, also think about the tests Albertsons running in full disclosure, they're running them with Takeoff, who's one of our sponsors, but you start to think about all the automated packing and picking that can happen. And then you start delivering to these points, which give the retailers just more flexibility and more efficient way to do it. I think it's, it's, it's just really good stuff. So, so, so net, net coolers, FinTech, I'm big on the cooler side, FinTech side. I'm not so sure you too. And yeah, I let's go with the coolers. I still, I still think that there's some fintech stuff that, with that little project that we could see. Yeah, happen, we'll see. So see what comes of it. Yeah, you know what also is a great movie, The Cooler with William H Macy. But anyway, that wraps us up. <laughs> Happy birthday today to Jason Bateman, Carl Weathers, Carrie Green from Goonies, and the woman who attended my college graduation. Unfortunately, just not to see me, the great Faye Dunaway, who turned eighty years young. Happy birthday to her and everyone out there. And remember, if you can only read or listen to one retail blog in the business, make it Omnitalk. Our Fast Five podcast is the quickest, fastest rundown of all the week's top news. And our twice-weekly newsletter tells you the top five things you need to know each day and also features special content exclusive to us and just for you, all within the preview pane of your inbox. You can sign up today at www.omnitalk.blog. Thanks as always for listening in. Please remember to like and leave us a review wherever you happen to listen to your podcast or on YouTube. Some of what we say might be right. Some of what we say might be wrong. But what matters most is the conversation. Be careful out there. The OmniTalk Fast Five is brought to you by the AM Consumer and Retail Group. And of course, Takeoff. Takeoff is transforming grocery by empowering grocers to thrive online. The key is micro-fulfillment. Small, robotic fulfillment centers that can be leveraged at a hyper-local scale. Takeoff also offers a robust software suite so grocers can seamlessly integrate their robotic solutions into their existing businesses. To learn more, visit takeoff.com.